Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. And um, this one, though, people have been requesting every week. And it kind of speaks to more to maybe James's former uh, title about the master recycling plan piece, you know, that, that the way that form just, you know, because of impermanence, it just keeps arising and passing away, but it, it keeps on transforming. Um, so, so if you like, sing along. And also just feel into the wisdom of the teaching here from Thich Nhat Hanh. on sunshine I'm walking on rivers on the wind I am breathing in trees are breathing out I'm breathing out trees are breathing in I'm walking on sunshine Thanks, Eve. Perfect. Mm. Mm. So, as I said, let me get everything up here right. Um, I wanted to talk about emptiness and uh, the big, the big picture, the big perspective. Mm -hmm. few uh, weeks ago, maybe a, a more than uh, a month or two, I shared on a talk uh, that when somebody asks how I'm doing, I often these days say, well, it, it depends what lens I'm looking at my life through. When I look at the personal narrow lens, my life is just graced, extraordinary, privileged, and uh and and really wonderful most every way of course things can change in a moment but right now that's that's where where it is uh for the most part um when i look at a the bigger picture uh my heart breaks for the world and um mm, 
this hearing and seeing all the craziness and ignorance and suffering and um and divisiveness and and hurt and suffering um and that's an important thing to open up to as well and then i look at the bigger bigger picture and i hear the dalai lama saying world systems come and go and if we're doing our part we're doing what's what moves us to make a positive contribution this is all we can do and just seeing it is a continual transformation as eve was singing in the song and i wanted to expand on that a bit a bit tonight uh, particularly that that last perspective and part of it uh that theme made me think about the heart sutra the heart sutra mahayana text sometimes known as the prajnaparamita or the heart of perfect wisdom mahayana text from about the 7th century um is it's often uh, attributed to and you probably are familiar with some of the some of the lines i'm not going to read it all but uh, i'll i'll read a little bit just so you uh, remember and get a flavor and then we can get into what is this all about mm. avalokiteshvara bodhisattva when practicing deeply the prajna paramita the perfection of wisdom perceive that all five skandhas are empty five skandhas meaning the five aggregates form feeling perception mental formation and consciousness that comprise this mind body process <clears throat> and was saved from all suffering and distress shariputra in this version who was the main one of the main disciples of the buddha the the wisest of all disciples avalokiteshvara teaches to shariputra form does not differ from emptiness emptiness does not differ from form that which is form is emptiness that which is empty emptiness is form and the same is true of feeling perceptions impulses consciousness the other four skandhas or khandhas shariputra all dharmas are marked with emptiness they do not appear or disappear are not tainted or pure they do not increase or decrease maybe i'll just stop there goes on to say eyes in the eye uh, uh um uh with a little eye emptiness in no eyes no ears no nose no tongue no body no mind no color no sound no smell no taste no touch no object of mind no realm of eyes and so forth until no realm of mind consciousness so the famous line form is empty 
uh, and emptiness is form. Is the uh, the Zenis have a way of being pithy and um, cryptic at the same time. What what does that mean? Form is empty. Emptiness is form. We've talked about emptiness here from time to time. And just to give you, this is my take on, on all of this and my riff on this. Um, the word emptiness is such a mm, uh, an ungraspable word. Just the word itself is ungraspable, emptiness. But it really means uh, empty of anything substantial, empty of anything separate, sunyata or sunyata, the void, devoid of anything substantial, insubstantial. And so he's pointing to the fact that um, there's nothing separate, that on the one hand, Yes, you're James, and and there's Eve, and there's Jane, etc. But on the other, on another level of perception, this is just life playing with itself, speaking to itself, connecting with itself. This is. Uh, called two truths. There's the relative reality where you stop on the red and you go on the green and you know the rules, you know the laws of how the game works. But from another perspective, those are just conventional agreements. Oh, red light means stop and all the rules of the game that make us able to navigate within each other. These are all arbitrary agreements. And you yourself are part of that flow. You are the trees and the trees are you. You are breathing in and the trees are breathing out. The trees are breathing out and you are breathing in as, uh, as Eve sang. The Tibetans really dive into this, these two truths. And they have a way of putting it that this is all just a magical display to really go underneath this game of form to see the ground of being. Now, just remembering, I want to read this passage uh, that I love from a wonderful book. This is a book by Anam Tupton Rinpoche called The Magic of Awareness. We sometimes teach together at Spirit Rock. It's a great book, by the way. And maybe this will give you a little bit of a, a sense of what I'd like to explore together. He says... You are consciousness, and so am I. Consciousness is said to be groundless because it has no size 
color, shape, or location. Some people think that consciousness is living in us. However, such a view is very limited in scope since this consciousness is all pervading. We live in it. We are it. It enjoys eternal play. Now and then, consciousness forgets that its play is its own manifestation and gets lost in believing that it is separate from itself. I'll read that line again. See if you can hang in there and follow it. Consciousness is all pervading. We live in it. We are it. It enjoys eternal play. Now and then, consciousness forgets that its play is its own manifestation and gets lost in believing that it is separate from itself. You, me, and everybody that thinks that it's separate from this play. Mm -hmm. That forgetfulness is the fundamental delusion that gives birth to all troubles, problems, and struggles in unending chain reactions. Since consciousness itself is not separate from enlightenment, consciousness being aware of itself can happen suddenly and break the chain created by our forgetfulness. So just to unpack it a little bit more, one way, and the Tibetans think of it in this way, in most of the teachings, especially Dzogchen teachings, consciousness, awareness, and that is often another word that's used, is all-pervading. It is the ground out of which everything manifests. You are consciousness manifest. And as he says, every now and then consciousness forgets itself. I'd say, yeah, when you're when you're incarnate in a human form, most of the time, you're not remembering that you are a consciousness come into being. So every now and then it forgets itself. Yeah. As it takes birth in form of we humans or what other species you might reflect on. But we certainly forget that we are simply consciousness knowing itself. In the Tibetan teachings, awareness is said to have three different aspects. 
Um, Joseph Goldstein has a great talk on this, by the way. Uh, it is intrinsically empty, that is devoid of anything separate, naturally radiant, that is, there is a wakefulness to this emptiness. It's not just blah, a big, empty, vacuous sky. It has awareness in it. It is naturally radiant or cognizant or wakeful. All of those words are sometimes used. And it is ceaselessly responsive. So that's the kind of magical thing that it responds to itself. It's interacting with itself all the time. That's what a Nietzsche, what impermanence is about. It's, it's continually transforming. Some people think of impermanence as loss, but that's just one perspective. It's not loss. Yeah, form is continually changing. So the forms are continually transforming. But the other positive aspect of impermanence is that it's, there is continual creativity, because there's constant transformation. And it is consciousness is interacting with itself all the time. It's ceaselessly responsive. And in our human form, we are continually responding to our environment, to everything that we take in, to whatever we send out. As I've said here before, we are, one way I think of us, we are uh, transmitter receiver energy units. We are receiving, we're transmitting, and we're just energy interacting with the rest of life. <clears throat> and seeing this bigger picture um, lets us play more freely. It doesn't mean that nothing matters. But because it's ceaselessly responsive, but we can hold things with a bit lighter touch. Padmasambhava, the, the one it said responsible for bringing Tibetan teachings to uh, 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 the Buddhist teachings to Tibet from India. He said, um, he has this line, though my view is as vast as the sky, my attention to the law of karma is as fine as a grain of sifted barley flour. So it's both. The big view as vast as the sky and to know that your actions matter. And the law of karma is very real. And then you can play in both perspectives. You're careful with what you do because everything matters. Everything that you do has a consequence. And yet in that bigger, bigger perspective, there's no boundaries no form. Form is empty. 
and emptiness is form. We humans seem so important. We're a very anthropocentric species. And since we have so much power and intelligence, or at least uh, brain power, um, we have a big effect on everything. So it's it really makes a difference if we think of ourselves as the center of everything, or on an individual basis, I think of myself as the center of everything. Yeah, you're the center of your movie. It's the only movie that you're playing. But to see it's just life playing through itself, playing itself through you. Life isn't happening to you, it's happening through you. And as you. And then that starts to loosen things up a bit. And you start to see things, the Hindus talk about Leela, Leela, the play of consciousness. Or Brian Swim, who wrote this uh, wonderful book called, he's written a number of great books, but one of my favorite, The Universe is a Green Dragon. He's, he says, and he's both a a scientist and uh, astronomer and a theologian and a spiritual teacher. He says, when you look at the bigger picture, we are a star's way of knowing itself. We are star stuff. And somehow we've been imbued with consciousness and we are a star's way of knowing itself. Oh, wow. Cool. You're a star. Have you ever wanted to be a star? You're a star, literally. Very tiny piece of it, but you're a star's way of knowing yourself. And when we get this bigger picture, things change dramatically. And for this talk, I, as I was thinking about it, I, um, I remembered a recording that used to be played many years ago on retreats that I found and want to play for you here tonight. I hope it's queued up okay of um, Rusty Schweikert, who is uh, one of the first astronauts, sharing about his experience of being out in space, circling the Earth. And at one point, there was a malfunction with his, with the apparatus in there, and he had the opportunity to be completely silent and take a look around him instead of reporting back to uh, to the mothership and to uh, to Houston. Houston, we've got a problem, but this was an amazing problem. And he shares about his experience seeing this bigger, bigger perspective. And I want to play it for you. It's about... Uh, 
it's about eight minutes. If I go the whole way, it's like 10 minutes. I have thought of this for decades. And so I want to share it with you. So I, I hope you uh, enjoy it as, as I do. Okay. Oh, where was it? Just had it. Mm -hmm. Now, I think I'll have to queue it up since I'm, since I just uh, gave you a big build up. I don't want to. Here it is. Okay, and it's at thirty-two minutes and forty-seven seconds. Because it's a part of your gut, not a part of your head. Can you hear it okay? And you wonder, you marvel at an Archibald MacLeish. Somehow knew that. How did he know that? That's a, that's a miracle. But up there, you go around every hour and a half, time after time after time. And you wake up, usually in the mornings, just the way the track of your orbits go, you wake up over the Mideast and over North Africa. And as you eat breakfast, you look out the window as you're going past, and there's the Mediterranean area, Greece and Rome and North Africa and the Sinai, that whole area, and you, you realize that in one glance that what you're seeing is what was the whole history of man for years, the cradle of civilization. Think of all that history that you're, you can imagine looking at that scene. And you go around, down across North Africa and out over the Indian Ocean and look up at that great subcontinent of India pointed down toward you as you go past it. Ceylon off to the side and Burma, Southeast Asia, out over the Philippines and up across that monstrous Pacific Ocean, vast body of water. You've never realized how big that is before. And you finally come up across the coast of California and you look for those friendly things, Los Angeles and Phoenix and on across to El Paso and there's Houston, there's home. You know? And you look and sure enough, there's the Astrodome. And, and, and you identify with that. You you know, it's an attachment. Out on across in New Orleans and then looking down to the south. And there's the whole peninsula of Florida laid out. And all the hundreds of hours you spent flying across that route down in the atmosphere. You know, all that is friendly again. And you go out across the Atlantic Ocean and back across Africa. And you do it again and again and again. And that identity... <laughs> You identify with, with Houston, and then you identify with Los Angeles and Phoenix and New Orleans and everything. And the next thing you recognize in yourself is you're identifying with North Africa. You look forward to that. You anticipate it. And there it is. And that whole process begins to shift of what it is you identify with. 
When you go around it in an hour and a half, you begin to recognize that your identity is with that whole thing. And that makes a change. And you look down there and you can't imagine how many borders and boundaries you cross again and again and again. And you don't even see them. And that wake-up scene the year before, there you are, hundreds of people killing each other over some imaginary line that you, you're not even aware of, that you can't see. And, and from where you see it, the thing is a whole and it's so beautiful. And you, and you wish you could take one in each hand and say, look, one from each side. Look at it from this perspective. Look at that. What's important? And so, a little later on, when your friends... Again, those same neighbors, the person next to you, goes out to the moon. And now he looks back. And he sees the earth not as something big, where he can see the beautiful details. But now he sees the earth as a small thing out there. And now that contrast between that bright blue and white Christmas tree ornament and that black sky, that infinite universe really comes through and the size of it the significance of it it becomes both things it becomes so small and so fragile and such a precious little spot in that universe that you can block out with your thumb and you realize that on that small spot that little blue and white thing is everything that means anything to you. All of history and music and poetry and art and war and death and birth and love, tears, joy, games, all of it on that little spot out there that you can cover with your thumb. And you realize that that perspective has, you know, that, that you've changed, that there's something new there that relationship is no longer what it was. And then you look back on on the time when you were outside on that EVA and those few moments that you had that you could make the time because a camera malfunctioned that you could make the time and think about what was happening. And you recall standing out there the spectacle that went before your eyes. Because now you're no longer inside something with a window looking out at a picture. But now you're out there and what you've got around your head is a goldfish bowl. And there are no limits to it. There are no frames. There are no boundaries. You're really out there over it, floating, going 25,000 miles an hour, ripping through space, vacuum, and there's not a sound. There's a silence, the depth of which you've never experienced before, and that silence contrasts so 
markedly with the scenery, with what you're seeing, and the speed with which you know you're going intellectually in your head. That, that, that contrast, the mix of those two things, is, really comes through. And you think about what you're experiencing and why. Do you deserve this? This fantastic experience? Have you earned this in some way? Are you separated out to be touched by God to have some special experience here that other men cannot have? And you know the answer to that is no. There's nothing that you've done that deserves that, that earned that. It's not a special thing for you. You know very well at that moment, and it comes through to you so powerfully that you're the sensing element for man. You look down and you see all that surface of that globe that you've lived on all this time, and you know all those people down there, and they are like you, they are you, and somehow you represent them. You are up there as the sensing element, that point out on the end, and that's a humbling feeling. It's a feeling that says you have a responsibility. It's not for yourself. You have to somehow, the I that doesn't see does not do justice to the body. That's why it's there. That's why you're out there. And somehow you recognize that you're a piece of this total life. And you're out on that forefront and you have to bring that back somehow. And that becomes a rather special responsibility. And it tells you something about your relationship with this thing we call life. And so that's a change. That's something new. And when you come back, there's a difference in that world now. There's a difference in that relationship between you and that planet and you and all those other forms of life on that planet because you've had that kind of experience and it's a difference. And it's so precious. And all through this, I've used the word you because it's not me. It's not Dave Scott. It's not Dick Gordon. Pete Conrad, John Glenn, it's you, it's us, it's we, it's life that's had that experience. And it's not just my problem to integrate, it's not my challenge to integrate, my joy to integrate, it's yours, it's everybody's. And I guess that's really about all I'd like to say, except that and I don't even know why, but to me it means a lot, and I'd like to, to sort of close this part of it before David has a chance to come back at me with um, a poem by E.E. E. Cummings that's just become a part of me somehow out of all this, and I'm not really sure how. And he says that I thank thee, God, for most this amazing day, for the leaping greenly spirits of trees and a blue true dream of sky. 
and for everything which is natural, which is infinite, which is yes. Thank you. So I, I hope that touches you to whatever extent that that it touches me. Um, and this is what we're, what we who practice who practice the Dharma. It's like we see or get glimpses of that other perspective. And just like he he said, there's a responsibility in that. There's a, it's not something you keep to yourself when you see the bigger, bigger picture. And that it's something to share, to share with, with everyone who can see that bigger, bigger picture. There's a line in the, in the Third Zen Patriarch, maybe I can pull it up. I, I had it up here. Let's see. Where he says, uh, oh, yeah. Emptiness here, emptiness there, but the infinite universe stands always before your eyes, infinitely large, infinitely small, no difference, for definitions have vanished and no boundaries are seen. One thing's all things One thing, all things move among and intermingle without distinction. To live in this realization is to be without anxiety about non-perfection. To live in this faith is the road to non-duality because the non-dual is one with the trusting mind. So this is something um, precious that when you touch just even a glimpse of anatta, the selfless nature of reality, as it's spoken of in, in the Buddhist teachings, uh, there's something that changes your relationship to everything around you. Even though you get caught and stuck all the time and have your own flavor of neuroses and all, but you've seen something different and and it's precious and you want to share because it just creates a whole lot of space that allows you to hold all the all the craziness in this in this life mm-hmm. and just couple two more quick points and then we'll see if we have any time one is um einstein uh you know, it's so brilliant just realizing, oh, it's all just energy and matter. E equals MC squared. It's just all energy and matter recycling, the master recycling plan. And just to see this is life that somehow come together as you in this form and all of these atoms, all of these molecules and all of these energies, it's a, it's kind of a closed system. It just keeps on transforming. And uh, it's really a good thing to, 
to keep on reflecting, oh, just Leela, just the play of consciousness. And the other thing that that I sometimes um, remember and love to reflect on uh, is from a, a J.D. Salinger story in his compilation. He has this great compilation of stories called, um, um, it's nine stories, and the, the, the story is called Teddy. And it's about this 12-year-old enlightened being, and he's talking about how he got to where he was. He was being interviewed. And uh, the, the guy uh, who's interviewing says, how did all of this happen? How did you become so free and so wise? And he said, well, I think it was, I, I think he says nine years old, maybe seven or nine years old. And I was watching my sister drink a glass of milk and all of a sudden it became obvious to me that it was just god pouring god into god it's a good way to go through life it's just whether you call it god or the dharma or the mystery or atoms and molecules. It's just God pouring God into God, just life playing with itself through us, as us, and um, we can play as well as um, care deeply and be free in the process. So, thank you for your attention. And we have some time if there's any questions, comments, or reflections, or anything that, uh, that comes from the words. If you'd like, you can uh, either raise your hand or unmute yourself. And um, yeah, we could just hang out together. So. Yeah, Nathan. Hi. Hi. Um, this is not so much a question, but I have had thoughts, and this actually reminds me of um, a teach um, something you've taught me before, which is um, think of ourselves as verbs rather than nouns. That we are just things in motion, something expressing oneself just naturally. And, uh, reminded me of a, of a thought that I had long ago of thinking that I am just a wave. I'm just this. It's this wiggle in a little wave that just comes and goes and we all are just these little waves that, that wiggle and express and then die off so um i think that uh, that just what you've we've talked about tonight just reminded me of that so thank you mm, thank you yeah same same thing yeah it, there's waves and particles and it just depends which which way you look at it you're a wave and you're a particle both you're a noun you're Nathan, and you're a verb. Just life moving through as that form. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Joe, hi. Hi, James. So um, 
my thought actually was just to commend you on giving this a shot because um, it's easy, I think, at times to have it all become clear before your eyes and then it all disappears again, right? This, understa this understanding of the way things actually are. And, and so to try to communicate that to someone, I think is almost impossible. <laughs> um, but I greatly appreciate your, your taking a, undertaking it. And, um, and I really liked, you know, I had never heard that by Rusty Schweigert, um, but I'm actually hoping that when <clears throat> Jeff Bezos went around the world, mm -hmm. He actually got some of that too. Mm -hmm. Hope so. Yeah. It's really important that people like that who have all the money do get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's it. Just a, a, a shift of perspective makes all the difference. Uh, and uh, somebody, people were asking for, uh, for that, uh, that piece. It took me a while to hunt it down. I'm so glad I did. Uh, so it's Rusty. I hope these keys aren't too noisy. Rusty Schweigert. Uh, extra E in there. Hold on. And if you um, go to no frames, no boundaries, it's part of a a longer talk and it was at the uh 32 minute mark um that um that piece going on for another 10 minutes or so um yeah and uh yeah thank you thank you joe for your uh <laughs> for your appreciation i didn't know how it was gonna be i just Figured, well, this is what's coming up for me. So um, I thought I'd just riff on it. It was a bit different than what I had started to to think about. But um, yeah, hope it was helpful. Any any other last comment? It's almost time to go. Maybe we have, if there's anything that's burning for someone uh, briefly, going once, twice. Uh, okay, so then let's, um, let's have some, uh, closing, uh, Eve, if you do a closing dedication. Yeah, and, um, I'm going to share the words for this as well. Uh, this is when I sing here sometimes. Um, so it's, um, uh, the dedication and merit from the Pure Land tradition of Buddhism, translated from the Mandarin by the abbot of the Berkeley Buddhist Monastery, Reverend Hung Shur. In the chat? Uh, What's that? Oh, were you going to put it in the chat? Oh, I thought you. I did. You don't see it there? Oh, whoops, no. I sent it by accident. I sent it to um, one person. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> We're all one, but let Try that again. Do it again. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Thank you.
fruits of peace with hearts of goodness luminous and bright if people hear and see how hands and hearts can find in giving unity may our minds awake to great compassion with dumb and to joy may kindness find reward may all who sorrow leave our grief and pain may this boundless light meet the darkness of our sacred night because our hearts are Thank you, Eve. Thank you, everyone. And let's just uh, further dedicate all our coming here together and our good hearts and our sincere mm, dedication to waking up. Uh, may it all be shared for the benefit of all beings everywhere and this little dot planet through this great space that everything exists. May it be for the benefit of all, including our planet, to all beings everywhere. May they be happy and peaceful and free. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.